sincerely mean. Tange, of course. This podcast is for building a healthier you right now. From family trauma, the mom life, relationships, relation sinks, building confidence, and so much more. Still unsure whether this is for you? Stick around and see for yourself. This is going to be one of three different episodes about quitting. I know the one thing that I preach the opposite of on this podcast, and I can just see it in your face. Why the hell would she be bringing this up? Don't she be telling us to not give up? I know, but you know, let me let me get there. Let me explain. So, I've been reading this book. That's basically about quitting. And honestly, I've only, I haven't even read half the damn book and so much information. So I figured I'd share it with you. And along with other things that I've researched. But, um, now what I mean now about quitting is there's this term that's called gold disengagement which is the ability to withdraw effort and psychological commitment from a goal that cannot be achieved. Now, I'm not saying, well, let me not skip ahead of myself. (laughs) Of course, something like this would be beneficial to your physical and mental health. I mean, well, obviously, depending on the situation. Growing up, we're told told that quitters are people who supposedly don't see a situation through and if they quit something there's the pressure of having to justify it whether that's trying to justify it internally to yourself you trying to convince yourself that hey you know I have a good reason for doing what I'm doing or if you feel like you have to justify it to other people or society as a whole. When, first of all, let me just say, in reality, you don't have to explain anything to anyone. <laughs> they aren't you, you aren't them. So if you choose to do something that's beneficial for you, whether it be mental, emotional, or physical, physically beneficial to you, Regardless of how other people see it and how it may potentially hurt them, that's them. You got to take care of you. We get one life. You get one body. I mean, use it as you should. But in case that wasn't a good enough example for you, Let me talk about my personal issue. So I have this crappy habit of apologizing over the little thing, the littlest things that happen. Like, even if it has absolutely nothing to do with me, like, sorry is just the first thing that comes to mind. It's the first thing that falls out of my mouth. Like, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. 
if someone gets hurt oh sorry I'm apologizing like it's my fault if someone close to me loses a job I'm saying I'm sorry and of course some people will see this as like you know an American way of living you know being saying I'm sorry in the sense of like oh you know I'm sorry that happens to you but mine's my mine isn't like that like if something bad happens to somebody close to me and I feel like I could have prevented it it sounds really self-serving but like I blame it on myself like oh maybe you should have told them to do this instead or oh maybe you could have did this a little bit differently maybe it would have changed you know shit like that if you're empathetic person really sympathetic like you understand what I'm talking about and the crazy thing is well not crazy the sad part is that this is now that I'm older I realize is a trauma response because if if you guys have known if you've been listening to this podcast for a while you know that I have a younger sister who tends to get into a lot of trouble it has decreased since she has gotten older but it's still more or less still about the same but when we were younger because we looked so much alike and my mom dressed us alike all the time a lot of people of course would get us confused so I spent a lot of especially in the elementary school I remember it a lot I spent a lot of years getting confronted by a lot of people that wanted to fight and or people that were looking for my sibling you know those people that knew me personally knew that I wasn't her and were looking for her but asking me where she was at now, people that know me, well, at least at least from that time, I am not a fighter. I mean, I'm still not a fighter now, but I will smack the shit out you now quicker than I would have then. So, I would try my best to de-escalate, de-escalate the situation as much as I could because, for one, she's my little sister. Of course, I don't want to see her get hurt. And two... I'm just not, I'm not a confrontation, I don't like negative energy, I'm not a very confrontational person, and it was even worse like that when I was younger, like, really, really bad. So, and then, you know, having that experience, then, the as you guys have listened to my dating dating history it definitely was not the best so i ended up dating people that reinforced that habit of constantly apologizing because i'm dating people that are that that are directly or indirectly blaming me for shit that i don't have any control over shit that they can't control but assume that I can control, which I'm not exactly sure how that works. But, And I'm talking about people up until now. The man that I'm with now, he is far to the right. And everyone else is like far to the left. Like he's nowhere near in the category that they're in. But up until him, that's just like all, you know, all what I was used, all I was used to. Goodness, can't talk. And I've said before, like, even if you 
start to date someone and they treat you the complete opposite of what you're used to, it is going to take you time to um, to get over certain things. Trauma never necessarily goes away. You just learn to deal with it better. And that's just what I've been doing is dealing with it better. I wouldn't say it's gone away. It's still there. Quitting before it fails. And I don't mean in the sense of giving up before actually trying. But I'm saying seeing something inevitably will cause you some type of stress that could possibly be overwhelming. That type of quitting. And... You know, for example, in a work situation, there are people who have multiple jobs over a certain amount of time. And the people that are the latter, not the people that are just flat out freaking lazy, the people part of the latter, they, I feel as those that they tried things, they realized it wasn't for them. So instead of giving up they was like okay well you know I realized this isn't for me let me go try something else or people who drop out of school to pursue completely different careers in the opposite direction those could be people that are considered quitters with life um cutting off of course Access to people who mean you harm, especially doing it early, can benefit you so much. It doesn't matter if it's at your job, in your life. Just cut the fucking cord on that shit. So, in this book, there was a part about this gambling study. So apparently in this study, it shows that your pleasure and reward parts of your brain light up in the same way with a near win mentality. And if you can't really figure out what that is by just what it's called, I don't know what to tell you. So when that happens, it reinforces positive beliefs or wishful thinking that we can turn the inevitable around. Which explains how gamblers are addicted to that almost jackpot the same way people are addicted to crumbs of validation from self-serving partners. We all know, well, if you are listening, you know those are the type of relationships that I freaking lived in until now. But I'm going to stop here. We'll get into the other stuff in the next episode about this whole near win mentality. Because this is interesting. But I'll talk to you guys again on another episode of Sincerely Tange. See ya. So look at you. You made it to the end. Feeling better? But still want to talk a little bit more? Find me on Instagram and feel free to DM me at sincerely underscore tange. Ask me anything you want. Don't get too crazy though. (laughs) 
it is a fairly new page so give me some time to get it up but in the meantime share rate review wherever you are listening to this podcast and stick around for more